Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. Us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, to the Wags of SCI podcast today with your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, we are going to be talking about Brooke's transition to Italy, Brooke and Evan's transition to Italy with their massive doodle Tywin Lannister and his pet golden retriever stuffy Tyrion. Good one. He actually remembered, <laughs> remembers his name. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. We are super happy to be here. Uh, yes, I am podcasting from Tuscany, Italy. We just got here last week, and so we're still settling in. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to also talk about some current events and some important things that are going on in the community. But first, I just really wanted to draw some attention to our sponsors um, of the podcast. These these female Brand businesses, wag-owned businesses are so important to us. They literally keep the podcast running and um, they're our angels. So we wanted to bring attention to Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Her website is brainandspinelaw.com and she is the Wags of SCI official advocate. So she has been working with Elena and I on our personal cases for the past three and a half years. And not only does she help Elena and I, but she also helps so many couples and women in this community behind the scenes with things like benefits, understanding benefits, understanding insurance policies and paperwork, um, letters of medical necessity, or threatening letters if you need one. Um, She has helped so many of us get out of major, major pickles, and she continues to be kind of the backbone of our legal advocacy of the group. So thank you, Robin, for all your support and for sponsoring this podcast. If you want to learn more about Robin and her team at Wishart Brain and Spine Law, please visit her website, brainandspinelaw.com, or you can visit the Wags of SCI website at wagsofsci.com slash legal resources. Our next sponsor is Annalisa and John. Annalisa is a WAG of SCI. Her partner, John, is a quad, and they live in Florida, and they run Rolling in Paradise. Rolling in Paradise is an adaptive equipment and device and accessories store that ships all over North America. They're VA approved, and like they say in on their website and all their social media posts, quote, we are you. So... They bring a really unique perspective to sales and helping um, quadriplegics, paraplegics all over North America with their needs because they have the same needs. 
And so if you really want amazing service, please visit rollingimparadise.com. Show them some support. They have been there for us since almost the beginning of the podcast. So if you want to support a WAG-owned business and a quad-owned business on your next medical adaptive device purchase, or if you want accessories or anything that has to do with leisure or activities in a wheelchair, please uh, give them a shout out and say the WAGs of SCI sent you. Perfect. Well said, Brooke. So before we begin this episode, we would also like to bring some acknowledgement to the passing of a very well-known woman in history. So this will be read from the Instagram of the human perspective, Judy Human, who was widely regarded as the mother of the disability rights movement passed away in Washington, D.C. on the afternoon of March 4th. Judy was at the forefront of major disability rights demonstrations. She helped spearhead the passage of disability rights legislation, founded national and international disability advocacy organizations. She held senior federal government positions and co-authored her memoir, Being Human. So for anybody who had the opportunity to watch the documentary, um, the documentary on Netflix called Crip Camp, this was featured in, um, this was actually up for an Oscar nomination and this human, this beautiful human, Judy human created so much awareness for the ADA community. It is because of her that there is such a thing as ADA awareness. So we're going to do our very best to keep on advocating and spreading awareness through the WAGs of SEI platform on behalf of her legacy and continuing to support our community and both women and men in this community as they go on accessible date nights and accessible outings. As you know, this is something that is very near and dear to both Brooke and mine heart. And um, it is something that we will keep pushing forward in her name and ours. Yeah, I think it's really important to talk about the trailblazers and the leaders that have been doing this. I think she's been doing this since the 60s or the 50s even. Um, So, and I think she also had her own podcast. So definitely look her up if you're not familiar with Judy and familiarize yourself with her work because without people like her, we would not be here. We would not be doing the work that we're doing. We would be in obscurity somewhere (laughs) doing nothing. I don't know, but no, these people are extremely important. So rest in peace, Judy. um, And thanks for sharing that, Elena. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So to continue on today's podcast, let's discuss Brooke Paget and Evan Brunel O's trip to Italy, where they will be residents for the next three months. Let's talk about what really happened in your adventure and commute and flight over to Italy and what that looked like for you guys. I know a lot of people in our community get really excited when they when they see um, and hear words like accessible travel to Italy. Um, And so much has changed through the pandemic um, and after the pandemic for travel in general. 
And what is it like to pack your bags and leave your home with your partner who's a high level spinal cord injury, high high cervical level spinal cord injury. So please share some tidbits and highlights of your adventure thus far. You have been gone since February 28th. And it has been what, almost a week since you guys have left. So share with us, what have you learned so far? Yeah, it's been almost a week. And I think today is the first day that I'm actually starting to um, be normal and kind of like relaxed after (laughs) the craziness of the past (laughs) week. I, I, I think that it's really important. Like we were talking before the podcast, just about, like you were saying, people getting so excited about travel and the opportunity to go traveling and the opportunity to go places that necessarily aren't easy to travel to. And I would say Italy is one of the places that it's definitely not an easy place to travel to, especially if you're going overseas. We are from Vancouver, Canada. So the flight, the flights to get here was over 16 hours. And um, we've done this trip twice before. So this is our third time doing a long-term stint in Italy. Um, And it's one of those things where like, you have to really, really want to come and experience it. And I'm not trying to discourage anybody um, from doing it, but there are, Italy is not an accessible place. It is not, it is old. (laughs) There's cobblestones everywhere. Um, You need a car. So you have to be able to transfer you cannot find wheelchair accessible vehicle rentals anywhere unless you want to spend, I'm not kidding, three, $400 a day <laughs> to rent a van um, or take accessible tours everywhere. But um, yeah, so we left Vancouver on the 28th and we decided instead of splitting up our flights, we were going to do it all in one day, which looking back now, that was definitely a mistake. The first two times we scheduled four to five day layovers in Amsterdam and we had layovers at a hotel, the same hotel, both times that had a rolling medical bed that was, had a companion bed to it. So it was like, we got off the flight and we were able to go to the hotel. He was able to put his feet up and the the flight to Amsterdam was eight hours and it was not terrible. It was pretty awesome. But (laughs) this time we were like, let's just do it. Um, all in one time. And so we ended up going to Toronto from Vancouver that took almost eight hours. And then we had a layover in Toronto and then from Toronto to Rome and then renting a car in Rome and driving three hours to Tuscany. (laughs) And like, it's just so I'm laughing about it now because it's so, I can't believe we did this, but we did it. And um, it was very difficult and I would never do that again. So our first flight was delayed by three hours. We barely missed, we, uh, sorry, we almost missed our second flight. Everybody was boarded by the time we got to the gates. They were almost, literally almost leaving. Um, and then, yeah, there we were. Well, so you almost missed your flights. Why? And why, and tell us, why were you saved by the miraculous good karma that is on your side to share with us so our flight was delayed because vancouver isn't used to snows 
and they were de-icing the plane and it took off like two and a half hours late. And then our connecting flight was supposed to leave four hours after the first flight arrived and it didn't end up being moved at all. So it was crazy. And he, but yeah, what happened at the airport was we finally got off the plane. And for people that don't have never traveled before as a quad, they need to understand that when you get on the plane, you get on first, they help you on first, but you also are the last to get off. So you have to wait for everybody to leave the plane before they can help you get off. And this is because they have to use an aisle chair to get you off. And they need two to three people to help get you onto the chair and get you through the aisle. And it's, it usually takes about an hour after the plane lands. And so we were already late for our flight and we had to wait. And um, it doesn't matter, you know, how organized the airport staff seem to be and how many people you talk to and how you book through a travel agent and you make sure that everyone's communicating. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it, it, it usually doesn't work out that way um, just because airports are just so chaotic and you can't plan for any of this. So we ended up getting there last minute. And the only reason that our flight didn't leave was because there was a domestic abuse incident in the back of the plane and a guy was punching his wife and they had to stop the plane. The captain had to officially kick them off and get their luggage off and leave them in Toronto. And so the flight was delayed by 40 minutes because of that. But we got there right at the 40 minute mark. So at the 40 minute mark, they, when they were literally ready to leave, we got there. So they would have left 40 minutes earlier. They wouldn't have waited for us. And this was after we talked to three different people at the airport asking them to wait for us. Not oh to mention Lord. we had no help in the airport. We were literally, it was myself, my husband, our dog running through the airport, trying to get to like, and this is Toronto, which is a massive airport. Oh man, I don't wish that experience on anybody. I was like dripping with sweat by the time we got to the plane. It was, and then there was no, we, it was just crazy. Cause like I was, as I was running, I was like, oh my God, if they leave, we are going to have to stay in the lounge for 48 hours until the next flight, because we're unable to go to a hotel because we don't have any rental equipment and he's not gonna be able to get into the bed. And he's not gonna be able to go to the bathroom. And like, these are all things that quadriplegic wives or girlfriends, they understand. But like the everyday public, they're like, oh, whatever, your flight's delayed. They'll just get you on the next flight. It doesn't work that way when you're in a wheelchair. You have to plan these things, right? Yeah. So, or but, or you, <clears throat> at least you can stay in the VIP lounge and just hang out or whatever. It's like... For 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you can only have so many snacks and drink so many cocktails until you just want to go to bed. So <laughs> especially well, when when you're in a wheelchair, right? Well, and not just that, like he has his bowel routine, right? So it's like, does he really want to crap his pants on the plane? I can't think of anything <laughs> right. worse than that. No, or have some sort of an not. accident. Oh my God. Anyway. So it was like, I would say a very nightmarish experience, but I think that it's really important for everybody who wants to travel or make a long haul flight like that to not be afraid of talking about this and hearing about this, but to, to understand that this is a possibility um, and really understand that like, it'll push you to your limit as far as mentally and emotionally, physically. <laughs> and um, you should really just really, really want to go to where you're going in, in order to do this. But also there's the flip side where it's like, my husband and I talk about this all the time. 
the world is not set up for people with disabilities. Even in the plane seat where he was supposed to sit, the armrest doesn't move. Like they kept the, the, the flight attendants kept talking about how, I don't understand why the airlines don't make at least one seat accessible where you can actually have the armrest lift up so you can easily transfer that person in there. And they were all talking about this. I'm like, I don't know. You, you tell me why, right? Um, it's, uh, it was pretty brutal, but you know, we live to tell. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. And it's through personal lived experience that we are able to bring this kind of awareness to the other members of our community, along with friends and family or anybody else who listens to this podcast. And I think that's something that is very important for us to keep in mind is that the reason we're able to share this information is not secondary or hearsay. This is personal lived experience. And that's what makes you an expert in doing these things, right? You learn from your very, your very own suffering. You learn from your very, very own. And and I think it's really important also to mention how our nervous systems get so jacked up during these things. And like, what do you do? You have the option to ride it out and heal from it and take some time to ground yourself a few days later, because it's usually a ripple effect, right? It's like something happens, the stress happens, especially when you focus so much of your time and energy into being extremely calm and doing your breathing and your yoga months prior where you don't have necessarily these high stress, high impact experiences. And then it's like, boom, Oh, you just got blasted. What just happened? And what do you do? What tell us, what do you do in order to be able to ground yourself once again, after you have situations like this? And and the worst part about the, I mean, not the worst, but the one thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to become jaded and say, Oh, I'm never going to leave my home again. That was too much. Right. So how do you get back on the horse? No. And my husband and I talked about this the other day. It's like, um, there's been so many instances along the way of planning and organizing and just talking to so many different people. And like, we're not newbies at this. We know what to do. We know what to expect. We know who to talk to and what to ask, but there's still so many, it's just, just the world is not set up for someone who is a quadriplegic or someone who can't lose, use their legs. It's just not. Um, and trying to maintain your cool. It's, it's interesting because I'm a big fan of breathing and the, um, physiological sigh breath, which is two short breaths in and then a double long breath out. And so the entire time that we were traveling and going through customs and, making our way through the airport. I was doing these breaths. So was my husband and it actually did a really good job to keep us calm, calmer than we would have been if we had not done it. Um, it prevented a lot of panic. It prevented a lot of like saying things that we shouldn't be saying to people or getting angry that none of that happened. It was just, we just kept looking at ourselves and we were just like, Oh my God, like what's next? Like some guy at customs took away our transformer, which is, it's like a high powered device to connect to a European or Italian plugin and transform the power that he needs for his um, battery operated wheelchair device. They took it away from us because it was too many Watts to, to take on the plane. And we were like, sir, we've traveled with this twice now overseas. Like, 
this is the same one. He's like, I don't care. You know, I'm taking this away. And so we were just like, okay, all right. So we're late for our flight. Now this happens. This gets taken away. This gets taken away. Um, then we had to buy another suitcase because his equipment was six pounds overweight. So we had to spend $250 on a new suitcase and put a bunch of my cosmetics and a bunch of my stuff and his equipment into that suitcase. And then that suitcase got lost and it arrived three days later. So I was without all my toiletries, all my makeup, all my hair stuff, my shampoo, my brush, everything. (laughs) And it was just like, oh my God, what is next? But it's like these people, these like security officers, they don't care if it's for your accessibility devices. Um, They don't give a shit. They only care about fitting what weighs the right weight onto the plane and what's the right voltage and what works and what doesn't. And it's like, even people who have been traveling a lot, it's just like, it's still, it's still super rough. And this guy was like, the guy that took it away, he was like, he was like, I don't care. He was like, this shouldn't have happened before. And I'm just like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Anyways. So when I was in the plane, in my seat with my, with our dog, trying to make sure my partner's okay. Um, we did a lot of deep breathing and I think it's the consistency in that I didn't drink any alcohol. Um, my husband did, but I didn't cause I just, I wanted to like maintain my sanity <laughs> and, um, tried to sleep as best that I could, but I also knew that I probably wouldn't get some sleep. And when we finally arrived in Rome after the 16 hours, we rented a car, um, online through budget. And we showed up at budget ready to get the car. And of course he says, oh, we don't have this car available. Um, it's, it was like a specific station wagon vehicle that could fit his wheelchair folded plus his Baytech mobility attachment, plus the three bags that we had in the back because the cars in Italy are so small that like you have to rent one that is more expensive that has a hatchback. You just have to. So he's like, oh, we don't have that available anymore. So I was like, oh my God. He was like, yeah, we have nothing for you. I'm sorry. Like, so even when you pre-reserve and you pay up front, it still is, might not work out for you. So you just have to know that. Right. And so there was a few different other vendors, um, different other enterprise, a bunch of other rental places around. So we're like, okay, thanks. Got our money back, went to the next one. They didn't have anything available, went to the next one. But by this time, it was three hours after we'd landed and we hadn't slept. And we were just like, oh my God, we still have to drive three hours. So, I mean, we found one finally. But of course, there's another example of like, you have to pay more for things if you're disabled, right? Um, we had to pay $1,200 more for a bigger car to be able to fit everything that he needs in the car. And it's absolutely necessary that we have a car here. And so we had to do that. So finally, when we drove, we were driving from Rome to Tuscany. It's a three and a half an hour drive. I started to get to a a point where I was so tired that I was like, this isn't safe. And I had had coffee. In Italy, they have these places on the side of the road called bars. (laughs) And they're not actual bars to drink. They're bars like coffee bars. It's so funny. You, you just literally pull in and you go in and you stand there and drink an espresso and like shoot the shit with people standing there. And then you go back on the highway. It's so funny. They're everywhere. So I had stopped at two of those. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's funny. So I had stopped at two of those places, got espressos. It wasn't helping. I was like nodding off and I was just like, I can't do this. So we pulled over in this like random 
yard of somebody on the side of the highway and I slept on my partner's lap. Like I was like literally in the driver's seat. I slept on his lap for half an hour because I was like, I can't drive. So I guess that's another way to (laughs) maintain your sanity is make sure you don't push yourself too, too hard. And again, this kind of travel is not for the faint of heart. I definitely will admit that I made a huge mistake by doing it all in one day and not allowing time to decompress in you know, get the jet lag off and sleep. And, um, so yeah, lesson, lesson definitely learned. So what ended up happening to the transformer then? They confiscated it. They took it. I don't know what happened. So it's gone. So it's gone. And that thing was like 250 euros. It was really expensive. That's like $350 US dollars. So what will you do now? So we had to order a new one through the hosts that are hosting us at the agriturisma that we're staying at. And another thing that had to be paid out of pocket. So, you know, I think that's a really good tip for, for people looking to travel. And, you know, like you said, we don't want to discourage people from doing what they love because once you get there and you understand, like it's going to be a week from hell, probably (laughs) Um, the first few days definitely are going to be very hard to, to get through Um, and painful. But, (laughs) but once you, once you get through that, you know, if you really want to be at the certain place that you're going to, it's definitely worth it. Um, it's just, you have to save up some extra money for those occurrences where things get confiscated or people don't have this. So you have to order something else. Like I just placed an order on Italian Amazon for a mattress topper because the, (laughs) and I'm sure you know this, the beds in Italy or in Europe are very different than they are in North America. They don't have the pillow top situations going on there. Um, And so it's like the beds are quite hard and this one is exceptionally hard. So we had to order something else, but there's another expense, right? That you have to make sure you save up for and that you have that, that cushion because these things will happen. So, and the beds that you guys are using, is it one bed that you're sharing? Is it two beds that are pushed together or what is, what is the sleeping situation for the two of you? So it's one bed and it's, um, it's, they call it a matrimonial bed here. It's like the, it's like kind of the equivalent of a queen bed in North America. Um, and so that's what we're sharing. And so what we did is we ordered the mattress topper and then we ordered some extra pillows and, um, a wedge, a bed wedge through Amazon. And, um, we had those arrive before we got here. And so it just makes it so his sleep is easier. Although it is quite hard on me cause he's, tr- he's adjusting to not having the um electrical bed where he can raise and lower his head and feet and that's pretty hard to not do that so I'm getting up in the night and helping him sit up and um that takes him getting used to as well yeah I bet and does Evan do catheters all throughout the night as well no he doesn't he he just has like a urine bag um he's lucky he has a bladder that empties itself fully so he doesn't he just pees into a bag pretty much. But like we, we brought a month worth of, of our supplies and we got the rest of the the two months of supplies shipped here from our vendor just to kind of save on an extra bag 
to, so I wouldn't break my back. (laughs) And that's so smart too, because you never know. It's good to have that month's worth supplied just in case, like, let's say your bags all get lost and you've got three months that are, that are missing. Right. It's good to have that preparation. It sounds like you guys, it sounds like you guys are very organized and you've really thought it through and you thought of a lot of things, but even like anything in life, it doesn't matter how prepared you think you are things. You have to leave uh, a room for error and because that will always happen. And I guess it's your attitude that keeps you going and not pulling your hair out, which is, can be extremely stressful in these types of situations, especially being yeah. a wag of SCI. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, we've done this twice before. This has been the most difficult travel experience so far. Um, I would say the second travel experience was the best for us. It went very smoothly. Um, now we're in our, his medical supplies are held up at Italian customs because they think that he's receiving all these medical supplies to sell. So they're holding it and we have to go through he had to submit a doctor's note. He had to submit the invoice, the paid invoice that shows that he'd already paid for it and what he was here for. And it's all in Italian. And Oh, so that's being, (laughs) that's what we're dealing with right now. That should be arriving in a day or two, but um, yeah, on the upside, things are starting, you know, it's been, we've been here for, this is the sixth day that we've been here and the villa we're staying at is wonderfully accessible they built a custom ramp for him to get into the front door. They have a huge shower room. Um, we have a supplier that came and brought a, a really good commode after they screwed up and brought the wrong commode to start with. But they finally got a good one with a good padded seat and leg rests and all that stuff. And um, yeah, things are looking really good. It looks like we're going to be able to enjoy. But now that we've explained to you how hard it is for us to get here, people will understand why we choose to stay as long as we do. Because um, having to like go through this experience and then turn around and leave two weeks later, I would not be able to do it. I I would not be able to do it without support. And um, my husband and I have decided that next time we do this, we're going to hire somebody to come for the first week and help us because... We're going to just factor that into the travel costs because it's like, you know, there's only so much I can do. I think it's really important for women out there like us to just really understand that it's okay to say, okay, you know what, next time I'm doing this, or I've learned this time and I'm not going to take all this on myself because it is, you know, if you factor this into your travel costs and you're going to stay here for a long time and you can do that, it's, it's, you should do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. And that's the biggest thing that I think we've learned over the period of the last few years of running WEGS of SCI from our own personal experiences as well, but also hearing back from women on the private Facebook group discussion page is that if you can try to offload as many tasks as possible, because you get everybody only has 24 hours in a day, they can only do so much for their partners and for themselves. But also ask for help. If you can ask for help, do it. And sometimes that takes swallowing some pride and realizing you're not superhuman. Or sometimes you don't even realize that you need the help until you've experienced a situation that is extremely high stress and you sort of reflect back on how could how could we do this a little bit differently so we are not super high stress and then get sick or you know, so I, I'm really glad that you said that, that asking for help, that's a really big thing. If you're able to ask for help, 
do it. And I think that I'm happy to talk about that. Um, You know, obviously we're going to be talking about my adventures over the next few months in our podcast, but um, as for this past week, I'm definitely the lesson has been learned that we would definitely love some help next time um, because we didn't realize how wrong things could go until this time. (laughs) And, you know, the plus side is, is, you know, we've made it through. Um, We're doing really good now. Um, uh, But the downside is, is, you know, I got a little sick. Um, You know, there's been accidents. (laughs) There's been issues that have come up that, you know, it would be really nice to have somebody there that can support us. But you know what? Not everybody has that either. Not everybody has that luxury. Not everybody has that option. Um, So for the people that don't have that option that still want to travel, I'm still here. We did it. Um, It's going to take me a couple more days to decompress, but we have the next few months to explore and relax and everything is kind of set up for us now. And so, I mean, it is worth it if, if I had to say, I mean, even without the help. So um, this is, I'm just such a huge proponent in breaking barriers and traveling and seeing the world that you feel called to see. Don't get forced into it by anybody um, if you're, if you don't want to travel, don't travel because it's just such hard work. <laughs> but if you want to, don't let this injury stop you because, you know, like there's people out there that are seasoned travelers that would probably have better things to say <laughs> about this than me, but this is my experience and I've learned a lot from it. And yeah, I just, I really want to encourage people that if, if they want to do something that is kind of outside of the box. You have to do it. I just, I look around at all the people that we're interacting with, um, especially here in Italy where they don't see many people like us around. I mean, I think I've seen a total of maybe three people in wheelchairs in the three times that I've been here for long periods of time. It's not something that people in wheelchairs kind of get out and explore because it's very difficult and a lot of them don't have help. And so it's really awesome to see the people that we interact with, even the hosts um, of the agriturismo that we're staying at and some of the vendors, like they just, they're so encouraged by us doing this. And they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, I know this person in a wheelchair and I'm going to let them know that this is possible. And this is a great idea. I never thought of this. I'm going to tell them that. And then of course, I'm here to talk about all my mistakes with the Wangs of SCI audience. (laughs) And so it's like, there's always an opportunity to either learn from something yourself or expose something to someone else when you're doing something that you feel drawn to do. Well, and we're very grateful that we can learn from your lived experience and that we can, you know, we can follow along with your adventure for the next, what, 11 weeks? Yes. And I promise everybody listening, I will, I'm definitely not myself right now. I'm still jet lagged. I'm still kind of sick. And I was saying to you before we started recording, I think I've lost some brain cells, honestly. (laughs) But I apologize um, if I have not been <laughs> as, you know, eloquent as I normally am. Um, but I will <laughs> definitely, okay. I'm definitely You're- trying. And um, thank you for, for listening. And I hope that um, that everybody stays tuned and sends your questions about my Italy trip because we have done a lot and we have learned a lot and we have a lot to share. And Um, I know there's a lot of people in the community that want to travel and want to experience Italy. So we are here for it. 
Absolutely. And you're totally fine. You are just as yep. eloquent as always. You are totally fine, Brooke. You're doing a great job. And we do. <laughs> and we do. We have quite a few questions from the Wags of SCI private discussion group for Brooke that we will be discussing all throughout the next few weeks. And if you do have more questions, as Brooke has already mentioned, please write in to wagsofsei at gmail.com. And if you would like to connect with us over Instagram, we are there, Wags of SCI. We're there pretty well 24 seven. We will answer your DMs. And if you would like to, if you are a Wag of SCI and you would like to join the Facebook group, it is Wags of SCI private discussion group on Facebook. So until next time, thank you so much, Brooke, for sharing with us today just the very raw experience of everything you guys have gone through on your journey to Italy. And until next time, take care of yourselves, everybody, and love each other. Cheers. Cheers.